Good morning, again. <clears throat> Good to see all of you and uh, pray that uh, it's been a good week. And um, <clears throat> I want to uh, continue to build upon the messages that we've been receiving <clears throat> the last couple of weeks. And um, uh, two weeks ago, uh, for those that were here, uh, Brother AJ talked about the untouched pa uh, path and uh, how we could never outgive the Lord, and so we need to live a life um, attempting to be uh, in God's plan and using this uh, untouched faith and untouched grace and all of these, those things that he went through. Um, and none of that uh, is more pronounced than at this time of year when we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So... Um, you know, Brother Ken last week talked about the love of God and how important that is. And, and you know, he put a challenge out to, for those that weren't here or maybe didn't remember, he put a challenge out that we'll call a Christmas song in August. And so come August, I'm sure we'll hear a Christmas song be called. Uh, but the reason for that is because the love of God doesn't change. And so whether it's December 25th when we celebrate to have this day of celebration or whether it's in August, um, the love of God never changes. And it's represented once again in this little child sent to earth. Um, and so my question and maybe topic for today is, what part will you play? What part will you play? And I say that as our kids just left and they're preparing for a little Christmas program that we you know, attempt to do every year. And so they're back there working on their parts for that particular thing. But, and, and we'll have a good time and I know they've engaged uh, the help of many of you in the congregation to kind of help with this. Uh, it's kind of an interactive singing uh, program that, they're gonna, that, that we're gonna have. So um, hopefully you're all uh, working on that, and uh, we'll be happy to assist them. But more importantly, I want to ask the question, what part will you play in the story of the telling of Christ in your life? And, you know, the scriptures are so good, and I'll tell you right now, I have... I've got 12 scriptures on the page here. <clears throat> and all of them are great. And some of them I might just reference. Um, some of them we might dive into a little bit more. And we're going to start in Luke, the first chapter. Um, because Luke is a very uh, intimate telling of the story of our Savior. And there's kind of a precursor to that um, as well. And that's what we're going to talk about, uh, maybe kind of be the, the main focus of the scripture that I'll use today. But um, we'll see where the Lord leads us uh, with some of these other scriptural references. Um, because, again, what part you play is so critical in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. He's the savior of our own life, but he's the savior of the world. And sometimes I know for myself, sometimes I like to bottle him up 
and keep him for myself. You know, it's, it's a nice thing. He changed my life in a very powerful way. And I want to kind of compartmentalize that and keep him there and have him, you know, in my hip pocket all the time. But he's so much bigger than Austin Landry. He's so much bigger than each and every one of us all collectively gathered here today. He's the savior of the world. And Luke uh, has a very interesting introduction here, and I'm not going to read it, but uh, the first four verses, he kind of introduces his gospel. And um, he does it in a way that's a, a testimony of truth. He presents it as this is truth. And I hope that this message today is truth to you as well. I hope that the power of Christ coming to the world is truth to you. But we're going to start in the fifth verse. And it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah. And it tells his lineage. And then his uh, wife was named Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. Did you hear that? They were both righteous before God. Walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And so when I ask this question today, um, and, and we'll go through a, I'll go through a couple of the examples, I know it's going to be very easy for us to say, well, maybe I'm not to that level Am I walking blameless before the Lord? Am I um, righteous? And I'm here to tell you today, if you've taken upon yourselves the name of Jesus Christ through the waters of baptism, you are. And if you don't get anything else from the message today, it's that God wants to use you. He has a desire to use each and every person. And yeah, sometimes he uses us in ways that don't have flashing lights and your name on billboards and things like that. Sometimes it's just the simplest way. Brother Ken explained some of those things last week and just how we can show love to one another as the family of God, but how we can show love to outside to those that need love in their life that need the love of Christ in their life. Seventh verse, and they had, or I'm sorry, and they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. So um, unable to have children, older couple. Uh, Zacharias was a priest. And so in the eighth verse, he is executing or um, going about his priestly responsibilities. And it says, and it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of court of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Burn incense. Listen to what the multitude was doing outside the temple. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the time of incense. So this was a special time set aside. And the way I understand it, um, a priest would only have this responsibility once. 
He would only go in and offer this gift of incense once. So this was Zacharias' time to offer this incense. And outside, the people are praying at this time because that's what the law had taught them to do. And listen to what happens. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. I would, could relate. I don't know about you. You're in there. You think you have this responsibility. think you know how it's going to go. And lo and behold, there's an angel there. Um, to me, I, I, I like to take these stories that we read about and that God's placed in his word and internalize them. Because to me, that's how they become real. Otherwise, to me, they're just words on a page. And oh, Zechariah, okay, great. Internalize you. Put yourself in their shoes. What would I have done if I was responsible for this task and all of a sudden an angel of the Lord is there speaking to me? It was when Zechariah fell him, 13th verse, but the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Wow. So thy prayer has been heard. How long ago do you think Zechariah had this prayer? You know, we talked about the sun in Sunday school the last couple of weeks about our needs, and sometimes we'd like to share them, sometimes we don't, we like to keep them inside. Um, you know, we talked about sometimes we have sin in our life, and we like to keep that bottled up too, and we don't want to express these things. But here is a very specific example, one that actually kind of inspired the Sunday school that was taught, a very similar type of situation with a young couple. When do you think Zachariah prayed this prayer? I'm here to tell you, he prayed this prayer years, years in advance of this situation. And I, I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, wait a minute, answer my prayer. And he even proclaims this. And, and I want to I touch on what he says. But here the Lord is answering his prayer. And not only is he answering his prayer, he's describing this son that is going to be born to his wife, Elizabeth, and they are going to call him John. And there's a whole sermon that can be talked about the name John and you know, how it really doesn't tie in with the, the family and the way the law worked and all this stuff. And, and even uh, th those that question him uh, are like, well, John, where did John come from? Who, who's this guy, John? Um, but... God's way is perfect, is it not? God's way is perfect. And Zechariah 
And again, I like to kind of put myself in his shoes and say, how would I respond to this? This is a prayer we, Elizabeth and I have been praying for years and years ago. And now you're telling me you're answering this prayer? And then proceeds to tell the power that's going to be in John, who ultimately becomes, John, the, as we know, John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And he has a very specific responsibility. And Zechariah said unto the angel, 18th verse, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. I'm sure his wife was not happy with that statement. <laughs> and the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Why? Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. So Zechariah not only kind of questions the Lord, what? about how could my wife who's old and I'm old how are we going to conceive a child after all of these years you said you're answering our prayer our prayer was for years ago how are you answering this prayer now and the result of this and what I guess what I want to tie into is how are you going to respond when the Lord tells you what he wants you to do are you going to be like Zechariah? And I mean, the Lord's will was going to be performed here. Gabriel proclaims it. He says, you're going to be stricken dumb. You're not even going to be able to talk until these things are accomplished. God has set this plan in motion, and it's going to happen. And we have the opportunity in our own lives to believe that God can move and answer our prayers in a powerful way. But it's up to us. It's up to us. Do we accept it? Do we believe it? <clears throat> so all this is going on, and he's having this conversation with an angel, Gabriel, and, you know, in his mind, and I, I have to believe he's thinking, I messed up. <laughs> I messed up. Zechariah up and you know at this point I don't know that he's really trying to speak or do anything but he's still f doing what he was called to do in the temple and he says uh, and the people waited for Zechariah and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple what is taking this guy so long to burn this incense people are outside thinking what is going on and when he came out he could not speak unto them and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. So, you know, obviously he can't speak, but somehow he's translating in motions or whatever that something happened, powerful happened inside of the temple. Um, so then we go forward and... He, uh, in those days, in the 24th verse, and after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, 
Thus hath the Lord dwelt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. So she begins to even kind of question, like, after all this time, the Lord's taking away, as she calls it, the reproach of men, that I've now conceived a child? And here I am in this, she does, you notice she doesn't say in this older state. Um, and then in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth. And we kind of have a shift of scenes here. And so we have this kind of drama unfolding with Zechariah and Elizabeth. And then this, the scene kind of shifts. And here she is. She's conceived. She's in her sixth month. And here comes angel, uh, sorry, the angel Gabriel, dispatched again from the throne of God for his role that he would play. Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee, Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. Well, this is obviously the kind of beginning, well, it's not really the beginning, but it's kind of the beginning of the celebration of this story that we talk about each, as we get into December each year. And this proclamation of, to these two women and the opportunity that they have to be an instrument within the hands of God. And so when I ask the question, what role are you going to play in the gospel message, in Christmas message this season, this is a reflection of your life. It's not just for December 1st through December 25th and then we move on to New Year's and everything changes. Or, you know, at, like at the, at the uh, stores, you know, come December 26th, actually sometimes even before, they've got Valentine's Day stuff out before Christmas is even over. I know in, in, in my industry, we're shipping out Valentine's and Easter product right now. And it's like, it makes no sense. But, at the end of the day, this is our life. And, and I want you to kind of look at these stories and the story of, of Christ. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's nice and it's good that we think about these things and we celebrate this time of year. But I want you to internalize the message of Christmas this year. I want you to take it in in a way that you've never taken it in before. I want you to read these scriptures found in Luke. And if you go back to Matthew, you can read about the wise men. And later on in Luke, you can read about the shepherds and how the role that they played in the story that we celebrate. And I'm sure many of that will be portrayed in, in what is presented. Um, come whatever Sunday we're doing that, Brother Anthony. Um, 
But again, it's those stories that we know so well. I want you to read them again. And this time, I want you to say, if this was happening right now, what role would I play? You know, it says that Mary found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Well, you have found favor in the eyes of the Lord. When you took upon your, you, the name of Jesus Christ, you found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And he can use you just as he used them. Just as he used Samuel the Lamanite in the 13th chapter of Helaman to go and proclaim to the Nephites, here was a Lamanite who, you know, kind of you go through the story of the Nephites and the Lamanites. Typically, we think of Lamanites as not being the good people. But at this time in Zarahemla, the Lamanites were more righteous than the Nephites. And so God calls a man, a Lamanite man, to go and preach repentance and tell them that the Savior of the world is coming. And he had a very special role to play. And I want to tell each of you, you have a very special role to play. Some of you have been called to be parents. And you have a very special role to play in the lives of your children. That they might take these words and take these stories that we celebrate and this idea and this concept and this understanding of Jesus Christ is the savior of their life and the savior of the world. And so don't take that responsibility lightly. Take this season to recognize our opportunity that we have been given. Maybe an angel didn't come talk to me, but I still have a responsibility because the angel came and talked to them. And we have it written down that we can go back and read it and Take it in and experience it over and over and over again. When I, I, I'll just tell you a personal story here. Um, when I was being called into the ministry, and this is going back a number of years, the, the, the weight of responsibility was very heavy. And I, I was concerned. I, I, you know, at the time, everybody called me young. I think I was 30, so I wasn't really that young. But, um, but you know, there was this responsibility. And um, it was heavy. It was weighing on me. And I didn't know how to, how to handle that. I mean, obviously, I was praying about it and doing those things, fasting, and trying to do what, what the scriptures teach us to do. But I was struggling to resolve this in my mind. And we had a Southwest region camp, for those that remember, it was up at Camp Kiwanis in, in uh, New Mexico, just outside of Zuni. And we had a lesson, and I think, if I remember, yeah, this was just, uh, it was just the men, and then the women had a, a separate lesson, and then the teens were together. So anyway, for whatever reason, I, it was in this session with the men. And we had a very heavy kind of discussion about our responsibility, kind of along the same line of what I'm sharing with you today is we have a responsibility to proclaim the gospel, to uh, live our lives in such a way that Christ would shine. And a lot of the discussion was very heavy for me. And um, Brother Pete at the time, he, he recognized this because he was, uh, I think, presiding at that time. And, um, 
obviously he knew the struggle I was having. And so, you know, he greeted me after the service. He's like, well, it's a pretty heavy discussion, Austin, right? And he said, in light of what you're considering or what, you know, what you've been called to do and, and the considerations you're having. And he said, yeah, and he could tell I just was kind of like overwhelmed. And wasn't an angel, but it was another brother had the gift of tongues at that very moment, as Brother Pete and I are just like, just like we do after church, and I'm shaking his hand, like, God bless you, and you know, he's having this conversation. And another brother, like, four feet away from me, like, comes right towards me and speaking in the gift of tongues, which I'm like, okay. And the interpretation was, I will bear you up in my arms, thus saith the Lord. Powerful, powerful. And obviously it was one of those experiences and I draw from it a lot because, you know, we struggle at times to think, are we getting through? Are we, are we doing the things that we want to do? And, and, and then I go back to that experience and I realized at that very moment, it wasn't about me. It was about the Lord. He was going to bear me up in his arms. I was... Yes, I had to be a willing participant, and I had to um, do those things that the Lord has commanded me to do, but it wasn't about me. It was about him. So I addressed the parents in the congregation, but I'm sorry, everybody else doesn't get off. If you've been called to be a saint of God, I'm encouraging you today to take that seriously. To live a life that we might find favor, just like Mary. That we might be called righteous by an angel of the Lord, like Zechariah and like Elizabeth. You are able to do it through Christ who strengthens us. Do you believe that today? Sometimes, I, I, I'll be the first to raise my hand, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the things that we don't do and the things that we can't do and the things that we think we should do and all that just weighs down on us. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to get us so discouraged that we're not the people that we need to be that we don't trust and rely in the Lord. We'd start to lose focus. And as we talked about in Sunday school, we start to withdraw a little bit because, oh no, I'm not doing the things that I should be doing. But today is the day of salvation. Today, the good news that Gabriel just proclaimed is being proclaimed to you today, once again. And you have an opportunity to be an active participant in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I hope that excites you. Sometimes, I, I, again, it's, it's, a, it's a daunting task, and it's a lot of responsibility, but it's not you that are going to do the task. It's the Lord using you, just as he did with Samuel the Lamanite. You know, when he went in to preach to the Nephites of Zarahemla, they basically threw him out of the city. They kicked him out, and he started to go home. And he was visited and told, go back. 
And you know what I take from that? Sometimes it's going to be harder than we think. Sometimes there's going to be challenges that are tougher than we can bear. But the Lord's telling you, go back. There was a reason that Samuel needed to go. Nephi was there trying to keep some semblance of what was going on. And six years went by from the time that Samuel went and stood on a wall and God protected him from them throwing, or shooting arrows and throwing rocks at him, preaching repentance to the people. God protected him. But six years went by. And those that believed started to get a little discouraged. And Nephi, just before the sign was given of a new star, was praying to the Lord. You could tell when you read his prayer, you can feel the anguish that he felt. Yet he still believed. And so I encourage you to still believe. Whatever the trial is you're going through at this time, still believe that the Lord can deliver you. Whatever the challenge is, whatever the affliction is, believe that the Lord can and will deliver you. Because that is what this whole story is all about. That Jesus Christ would come to the earth to redeem all of mankind. That we might take upon him, take him into us. That we might abide. As Brother Ken talked about last week, abiding in that love. Well, when we abide in the love of God, we're abiding in Christ. And Christ is abiding in us. And we have opportunity to then shine the light. And you might be the angel Gabriel to someone else. You might think, what does that mean? You might have the opportunity to proclaim the good news to somebody else. And you might be the, the role, that might be the role that you're called to, to, to be. Okay, well, you might say, I address parents, I address the saints. But what about grandparents? You have a responsibility to shine forth the light of Christ. You know, there's a special relationship that grandparents have with grandkids. And I can look back on my grandparents and I think about the relationship we have. It's different than with your parents. It just is. I, I wish I could explain it, but it just is. It's different. You have a responsibility and the opportunity. Let me change that. You have the opportunity to shine forth the gospel message in your own life and guide your children in that way. Children, you don't get off. You have an opportunity to change your life. Just as the, the speci very specific descriptions that were given of John the Baptist and, and the things that he was going to be called and, and ordained to do, as the pre-runner of the Savior, Jesus Christ. God wants to work with you. It says even in that scripture that John was blessed of the Holy Spirit even before, while he was still in his mother's womb. And whether you knew the gospel from the time you were blessed or whether it's new to you, it doesn't matter. You have the opportunity to change the world. And we all have the opportunity to share this message, to be excited about Christmas in, in a way that's more powerful than maybe it's ever been before. But it, it all depends on what you do.
Are we going to just hear the message and believe it? And, oh, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice season. I really enjoy this season. You know, um, I'm talking with the sister this morning. You know, there's this kind of this feeling. Sometimes we feel like we're so obligated with all this gift giving and all this stuff. We get so wrapped up in it, you know, literally. Um, and, and giving these gifts. And, and, and is it inspired? Is it, is, it, is it a feeling that's coming from our heart? Or is it just, eh, well, you know, they got me something last year, so I'll get them something this year. You know, it's kind of what we have to do. Um, Again, the greatest gift that you've ever been given, that anybody has ever been given, is Jesus Christ. He's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I could use that unfortunate movie as a... It's the gift that keeps on giving. He is the gift that keeps on giving. And he wants to give continually. And it's not possessions and all that stuff. He wants to abide in you so that the love of God abides in you and it overflows that the world might be changed. Well, I didn't get to 12 scriptures today. I think I referenced four. Um, go back, read the story of Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord in a time when God was seeking to destroy his creation. Maybe you're one of the wise men who were called to make a trip. Maybe you're one of the shepherds who were called to visit the manger. You have a role to play. I would encourage you to take the message of the season, the message of Christ, each and every day, very seriously. And find ways that you can influence those around you, those that are near you, Sometimes, like the Nephites in Zarahemla, some of them aren't going to hear you. And you know what? It doesn't mean we give up. It just means we keep moving. We just keep moving forward until we find those that will hear. May God bless you today. I say Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad for everyone. May we enjoy this time. May it provide that spirit of, you know, they talk about the spirit of Christmas and all this stuff. Maybe it just is a turning point for you, once again, to remember what the Lord has done for you in Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. May God bless you.